0: morning how's everyone doing this morning now I'm going to say this right because last service I did not say this right ladies what a great opportunity for you to come and meet other ladies in the church um, when they're in their, like all wearing pajamas so last service I said it completely wrong and I said it was like about me coming and meeting ladies in the church in their pajamas not not didn't go over too well after church so you can imagine that um you know so hey don't want to miss out on that um, you know, another thing we've got going on—a big push this week. We still have some scarves and mittens and stuff that need to be bought for the kids out at Livingston, and we really desperately need those to come in this week. Um, we're going to be reaching out to those, and we may not think, you know, we did the angel tree, and I've heard some people say, you know, oh, I just love buying gifts for those other kids and stuff. in there, you don't understand the gift that those those mittens and those scarves are. I met with the principal this past week out at Livingston, and. Um, A child last year received a pair of pajamas and was so excited he kept those pajamas pristine so that he could wear it to Pajama Day at school this past week. So, you know, gloves and scarves um, and mittens and all that, they go a long way out there at Livingston, and uh, we just don't take, we take that for granted. So please don't miss out on bringing those in this week. We want to be able to supply that as we go out and uh, volunteer. You can come out, you can contact me at Jason at Salemfields.com if you want to be a part of the Livingston Outreach this next Friday. Um, I know it's a busy weekend coming up, but you don't want to miss that. It'll be a great time. You know, so glad everyone's here this morning. How's everyone doing? Did you all have a very busy week? Yes. So you didn't pay attention to the message last weekend. And we're supposed to try to make it easier. No, you know, we can't avoid the busyness. We can't avoid the busyness with the Christmas season. And just as much as we can't avoid the, 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 the traveling that goes along with Christmas and the holiday season. You know, the traveling season for Christmas really starts at Thanksgiving. It's a, that's the, the start of the Christmas season. And it goes until New Year's, uh, New Year's Day. And so, you know, no other time of the year... Is there, greater amount of pe- is there a larger amount of people traveling than in that time of the year? Now, there's heavy travel times at Memorial Day and Labor Day usually because of the beginning of the summer and the, the end of summer. But that usually lasts only about a weekend, where this season re- lasts over a month. And the travel, the travel picks up um, by statistics and reading that um, that it picks up by 54% um, starting at Thanksgiving. Now, how many of us are um, traveling, will be traveling 50 miles or more um, this Christmas or, or, or half of Thanksgiving over there, okay? Um, how many of us will be traveling 30 miles or more? Well, you guys are all staying home. Yes. So how many of you have got family that's traveling to you then on there? How many of you are gonna travel around and get Christmas presents? Or do you do that on Amazon now? It's on a computer? Okay, so how many of you have got a delivery man traveling to your house to deliver the presents there? All right, there we go. We're getting somewhere, people. But hey, how many of you are going to travel to your front door to pick up the gifts? All right. So you know what? (laughs) I'm getting there with the point of this. We all are going to be traveling at some point at Christmas, whether it's from our couch to the door or from the car to the store or things like that. Travel picks up in the holiday season. You know, and most of the travel doesn't necessarily happen at the airports like we think crowded airports and stuff. It happens by personal car and, and driving in that way. And then on Christmas itself, between Christmas and New Year's, an, an additional 23%, um, the, the, the number of people traveling increases by another 23%. You see, traveling um, is, is just a part of the holidays. It's part of, it's part of Christmas. And, and so many things, though, can get in the way of, of us um, missing out on what Christmas is when we're traveling. And, but we, it's something that we can't avoid. We can't avoid traveling. You see, we're actually the, we actually live in a world where our life is a journey, and we're traveling through this world anyway. You know, this isn't our permanent home. This isn't where we're going to end up staying for the rest of our lives. We're only passing through. You know, there's an old hymn that says that. We're only passing through, and there's greater things. As long as we're in that relationship with Jesus Christ, we've got an eternity in heaven with him, or we can have an eternity in hell by not being in a relationship with him. That's just the truth of the matter. But we're not—we're not here. We're going to travel, and the Christmas message is so much about traveling. You know, it, it's about—it's you know. So I—so I ask this—this this question. I put it on Facebook, and now you guys are going to know the answer. If you're not, then you're really not paying attention today. And um, but you know, so what? So what do the things? What do Jingle Bells, I'll be home for Christmas, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer, and um, and we three kings of Orient are all have in common. They travel. Come on. It's 11 (laughs) o'clock. All right. What do they all have in common? They're traveling. That's right. Most of our Christmas songs, they have some sort of theme of travel in them. You know, over the hills of snow um, and and all these different things that we're going to be doing. It, It all revolves around travel. You see, but there's things that can get in the way of our travel that can clutter up us getting to the, to the point and remembering what the Christmas season is all about. You know, there's some of the things that can get in the way is, is packing. You know, we have to pack for trips. You know, I love the military. They taught me how to roll everything nice and tight and I get it in a backpack. But that's not how the case is for the rest of our family. They travel. We go. We go to swim meets. When we travel, we'll have travel swim meets. And coming up next week, the kids are going to go. And Jody will load up the jeep, and we'll have a cooler in there. We'll have a couple fans to block out my snoring in the hotel room. Um, we we got uh, we've got cots, maybe if we need them. We've got luggage. We've got beyond luggage. We've got bags for swim equipment. It's just it never it packs up. Packing can get in the way of that. You know, we, we think about packing up for going to, to just even grandma's house for Christmas and making sure that you have the, the the right things in there. You've got, in traveling, crowded airports can get in the way. You know, I just talked with a lady of her last service. She said, you know, she's traveling and, you know, she was getting stressed out about it because she was learning that her flight might be canceled, getting home um, or delayed because of something going on that could get her home um, in Pittsburgh here this week. But then she realized that after this message that, there's more to life than just worrying about the travel and being stuck somewhere because God's going to provide. You know, we, can, we get stuck in traffic. During the Christmas season, every, you know, we may not be traveling to a destination other than to work, but yet other people are going to other places, the traffic can get in the way of that. Bathroom breaks. You know, don't go down 95 South and think you're going to a nice, they got the building up, it looks beautiful, but don't think you're pulling into a nice toilet, you're pulling into an old Don John out there on 95. You know, you've got in the traveling, when we're traveling, fighting kids. You know, I, they, the the automobile industry was great to protect our children because they put the back seat a lot further back so you can't reach them. But why couldn't they look out for parents by putting in a divider there and then making it so you can just spray out with a power hose all the blood and stuff from your kids fighting in the back seat <laughs> on the way out, right? Why couldn't they do that instead, instead of protecting our kids from that? You know, um, hey... You know, on the traveling, we can get we can get tied up because we've got to remember to put the gifts in the car or forget things, or transporting food to parties can get in the way of remembering what Christmas is about. I, I learned this the hard way with a gallon of iced tea. You know, Jody drives, we're going to Buddy and Gay's. I make the iced tea, and uh, my Christmas turned into wearing a pair of Buddy's pants because um, <laughs> I had it on my lap and we'd come down the hill and it decided to spill all over me and, you know, we didn't have any iced tea for Christmas. But, you know... You, you could travel, you, you, you could get lost in travel by remembering to bring your pastor those Christmas cookies I have mentioned last week. <laughs> Remember the sugar cookies with the icing and the snickerdoodles. So again, but it's a good thing because you're coming to the church. So you can make sure you're bringing them in. Um, but now, whether we realize it or not, the Christmas story and the, the birth of Jesus involves a lot of traveling. It involves really the, the entire Bible itself involves traveling. Like I said earlier, our life is about travel. It's about traveling from this world to another place. Again, this isn't our home. You know, the Bible, this Bible is our road atlas. Now, how many of you remember what a road atlas is? A few of you. I remember as a kid because we had a big, this big one. I just loved flipping through the pages, looking at the different states and how the interstates and the roads met and all this different things in and, and there. But now, now we've got GPS. So the Bible could be our GPS, it could be Google Maps. It's what it is, it's what the Bible is. It's our roadmap to life. It's how, how we're supposed to navigate life. You know, it's it's, it's about travel. We're, that's what the whole Christmas story is really about. It's about Jesus coming here as our Savior so that we can have our rite of passage, our travel ticket punched to get home to heaven, to God. That's what it's about. You know, It involves so much traveling. You see, it involves traveling first by the angels. The angels had to come, and they first started off the Christmas story. It doesn't necessarily start with Joseph and Mary like we think. It actually starts with Elizabeth. And and an angel traveled to tell Elizabeth that she was going to have a child. And she was going to have a son in her old age, who later would be known as John the Baptist. And and then that, that same angel had to travel from Elizabeth to Mary to tell Mary that in her young age, She's going to have a child. And 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 that her son will be Jesus. Then, then Mary in our in our in the scripture, I'll get ready to read. We'll find out that at the end of the scripture, she then travels after getting the news of from the angel to go visit her aunt to share the news that was going on in her life. It actually says this in Luke chapter 1. It says this in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 40. The following month, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin Mary, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Congratulations, favored lady, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Do not be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. For God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon now you will become pregnant and have a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He shall be very great and shall be called the Son of God. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he shall reign over Israel forever. His kingdom shall never end. Well, Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm I'm a virgin. The baby replied, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of God shall overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the Son of God. Furthermore, six months ago, your Aunt Elizabeth, the barren one they called her, became pregnant in her old age. For every promise from God shall surely come true. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. And the angel disappeared. A few days later, Mary hurried into the highlands of Judea, to the town where Zacharias lived, to be visited, to visit Elizabeth. She traveled. So Mary's traveling. But the traveling doesn't necessarily even end there. Once again, the angel is dispatched to Joseph to tell him what's going on. And and Joseph's pondering that. You know, we don't get to hear a lot about what Joseph was thinking or, or, or saying in the Bible. He doesn't really ever speak. But we can, by his actions, we can kind of determine what it is. You know, how many of us could imagine that, that our fiancé comes to us and says, hey, um, by the way, I'm pregnant, and, um, and you know the child's not yours. You know, we, we would we want to turn and run. But yet, the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. And he wanted to do right by Mary. And, and after being visited by, the, by the, tra- tra- the angel that traveled to him and told him what was going on, he decided then that he needed to pick up and travel and get Mary and go back and pick up Mary so that they could then travel and fulfill what the Bible says by traveling and fulfilling the, the, what the order of Caesar Augustus was. In Luke chapter two, chapter 2, it started off by saying, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, and everyone went to their own town to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth from her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no room, guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the field nearby, watching their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said, do not be afraid for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you Is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. You see, if we go into that, that account of, then, of, of the story of, of, of Jesus' birth in Luke, we discover not only then did Mary and Joseph have to travel to get to where they were going, to Bethlehem, to fulfill, you know, this was fulfillment of the, the prophecies of the Old Testament. The prophets were, were saying that the, that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. The Messiah would come from Bethlehem through the line of, of David. And so this is, they're traveling in, to per, in purpose to fill, for the fulfillment of the scriptures. And and, and then, and then so we, we hear that. Then another angel appears, so he had to travel from somewhere from heaven to then talk to the shepherds and say, hey, this is what's happened. And then you go on, and you can read some parts of the scripture and it talks about a whole host of angels then appear and sing glory to God in the highest and peace to men on earth. And, and, and so there, all these angels had to travel in. And then, Once they disappeared, the shepherds go and listen to what the angels had said, and they travel from the hillside down into the town of Bethlehem to discover where the Messiah is. And that's the account of the birth of Jesus in the book of Luke. And it doesn't end there, though, because if you go back and you read the account of the birth of Jesus in the book of Matthew, we learn that there were some more people that were still traveling. We call them the wise men. It says after this, it says in Matthew, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and, it, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all the Jerusalem with him. When he had called all together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them, Where, where the Messiah was to be born? They replied, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. You see, here come these three wise men. They weren't even, they weren't even Israelites. They weren't even really the, the followers in the Jewish tradition, but yet they had been reading the transcripts. They'd been reading the scrolls that came down, that of the prophets. And, and, they, and they were really, they were astrologers. They watched the stars. And so they noticed the star that was fulfilling part of the prophecy, and so that's when they discarded on this journey to traveling to discover what the Messiah was, who the Messiah was, who was written about in these, in these, these passages of, of prophecy. And so they traveled and they traveled to Herod and then they got word from Herod of where they, they, they should go. They, they traveled to Bethlehem. They saw the Messiah. Another angel tra- in a dream traveled to them in a dream, they had a dream of, a, of, of not going back to the way they said because Herod was gonna kill them. And so they, they went to their country home another way. And they traveled. It, it goes on to continue on in Matthew about how then, then there was a dream for Joseph and Mary about how, how Jesus was actually, they were in danger because Herod wanted to kill them. And so they had to travel at a young age into Egypt. And after two years of being in Egypt, when, when Herod died, they were told that it was safe to go back home. And they traveled back home. You see, the whole journey of, of, of the life of Jesus and, and the birth of Jesus revolves around traveling. We can learn some very important lessons by, by listening and looking at what, how these people traveled. You see, we tend to travel and we get so caught up in the clutter of, 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 of traveling that we miss out on, on remembering what we're traveling for, especially at Christmas time. You see, one we first learn is that they traveled light. They traveled lightly. They didn't carry a bunch of extra stuff with them. They traveled with just what they needed. I mean, looking at Mary and Joseph, you would realize that they were, what it talks about, they, they rode on a donkey. An expectant mother riding on a donkey, how comfortable. But she rode on that, and there wasn't much room probably for anything else, but they journeyed on and they, carried, they traveled lightly. They didn't take a bunch of other stuff with them. They didn't have a bunch of extra clothing and all this stuff that we take with us that can get in the way. The angels and the shepherds, they just traveled with what, the, what they had on. They didn't travel with anything else. They didn't take extra stuff. And, and the, the wise men, they brought gifts. They brought gifts for the Messiah, but they, didn't, they probably didn't bring a bunch of extra stuff with them either. They probably brought just the gifts and the stuff on their long journey. It wasn't safe to travel with a bunch of baggage because you were, you were susceptible to being robbed. You see, when we travel with the baggage in our life, and I'm talking, I'm talking metaphorically now the baggage in our life, I'm not talking about the stuff that we're packing in our cars at Christmas. I'm talking about the traveling now that we have in the Christmas season of just going through our day-to-day routines and traveling through. But we kind of carry baggage, extra baggage, and it's robbing us of our joy of what Christmas is all about. It's robbing us because we're packing so much stuff into our travel plans through Christmas that we're missing out on what we're supposed to be having as joy and hope. We're carrying baggage of, of, of maybe a lost loved one. And it makes the holidays very difficult to try to, to navigate through Christmas because you're of the grief of a lost loved one. Or, or maybe you've been diagnosed with some sort of, of, of illness and, and you've got to carry that as your baggage as you're trying to navigate through Christmas and you're traveling through Christmas and it's cluttering up what God has for you this Christmas. Maybe it's broken relationships. Maybe it's all the stuff that we, the, the world tries to throw at us, what Christmas should be, what they're saying that Christmas should be, is getting in the way of whats what we're trying to pack into our lives in such a way that we're, we're traveling too heavy. We're traveling too much baggage. You see, to travel light, we can learn that, you know, you travel light, it's easier to, to maneuver. It's easier to go about things. If we're traveling so heavily burdened with all the stuff that's going on in our lives and we're not letting that God have that because Jesus tells us, he says, bring that to me with all you're burdened with. Bring it to me and, and put on my yoke. It is light. It is easy. We can navigate easier. When we, we let Jesus take control of our lives and we tra- and our travel plans we, and we, we get rid of all the excess baggage, We can we can move and we can be we can move without having to worry about all that baggage. We can move in a way that's freeing and to be obedient, completely obedient to God. You see, they didn't travel with a bunch of baggage. They were being obedient right to what God was calling them to do because they didn't have to worry about all the extra baggage that was going on. You see, it can be very stressful to carry on this baggage. It, it, trying, to, trying to package up our vehicles, our life, with so much stuff can get, that we can get rid of and it will help us on this journey. The the, the next thing is that we can learn, once we've learned how to unpackage and and get rid of uh, all this baggage of stuff that we're trying to pack into our lives as as we travel through uh, this Christmas season, that we can rediscover our direction and our purpose. You see, the wise men and the shepherds both traveled with purpose and direction. They, they, they They took direction from the angels, the shepherds. They had purpose. They were traveling to go see the Messiah, the baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger in Bethlehem that night. They were going to, to, they had a purpose to go and discover what the prophets had talked about, that hope was born, that the Prince of Peace was born, the Messiah was born. The wise men, they, they, they paid attention to to, the, to what the prophets had said, and, and they had direction. They saw a star rising in the sky, and they followed it. They had a guiding light. They had a guiding light, and they went to it. And when they followed that light, they discovered the Messiah, Jesus. They had a purpose and a direction to go. You see, we're, we're told of that if we follow a light, we can rediscover our purpose. If we follow a light this Christmas, if we follow a light, that we can find our purpose and our direction in life, and we can navigate through and travel safely remembering what Christmas is all about. That light is Jesus. That light is Jesus. Jesus himself tells us in John 8:12. later in one of his talks, Jesus said to the people, I am the light of the world, so if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness, for light, living light will flood your path. Jesus will f- light your way, your path. He will realign you with a passion and, and purpose of direction when you turn towards His light, turn towards Him. He, he goes on to say in, in John 12:46 that I have come into the world as the light, so that no one who believes in me shall stay in darkness. You see, our baggage can keep us in darkness. The baggage that we carry around can keep us in the darkness and can keep us from focusing on the light that's all around us this Christmas season. You know, I love Christmas. Uh, um, it's one. Of my, it's my favorite time of year. I love going around and looking at everyone's decorations on their houses. I love. I just love the the the, the, the there's a sense of hope in the air for a lot of things when you're watching Christmas specials and and different things that are on TV. You know. And it all points to me, for me, as a reminder that my Savior was born on Christmas Day. For all of us. The perfect Christmas gift. You know, when I look at the Christmas lights on the tree, you know, some people are like, why do we put trees up? Why do we do all these things? We can get lost in, the, in, in, in what the message is behind the decorating and stuff. But to me, it's a reminder. Every light on the tree is a reminder that there's a light in the world that's there for you and I. Every house that's decorated with lights is just a reminder that there's hope beyond my circumstances. That Jesus is there. You know, it can be very burdensome. The holidays can be burdensome in trying to figure out how we're gonna how we're gonna get through. You know, this week it's it just I talked about being busy last week, and it seems like this week was even busier than the week before, and that was Thanksgiving week, and they just tried to keep me off course from the message. And, and I tried to travel through trying to figure out what it was that's going on, but yet then I had baggage that was being poured into my life by, by, by finances and different things that were just trying to get in the way. You know what I was reminded of, though, this week? I was reminded as I was traveling, coming back from a swim practice with my daughter, that God's in control. I had all this baggage of trying to think about the finances and different things like that, and we've been open with our kids, and, and we, yes, it's easy to talk to them, and I say, yes, we tithe, and God's gonna take care of it, but sometimes when you look at stuff, it doesn't look like it's gonna get any easier still. But through the mouth of our children can come some great truths. And my daughter looked at me, and she said, Daddy, it's gonna be okay, because we have Jesus, because you trust in him. I trust him and him and we know we're going we're to be okay. And it was a constant reminder of just about how, how special Christmas is because we have hope. My children see it, I see it, I hope you see it. These, these, these candles lit on the front of the stage are, are symbols of hope, of the light of the world, that Jesus is now the light in the world of people's lives throughout our community. That, that they now have hope this Christmas and, and and they can they can unleash some of the baggage that goes along with traveling they have a light that they can go to that's going to lead them in, in a safe passage of travel through Christmas this year it's there for each and every one of us to discover for the very first time or to be reminded of where we should lay our baggage so we can redefine our purpose and our our We can redefine our purpose and our direction. You know, and so that now that we've learned how we can travel lightly and we can travel with purpose and direction, and which is to follow the light of Jesus, now we can take the final travel tip as we leave here this morning. Is that final lesson is that we travel with praise. We travel with praise. We we travel with praise because our Savior's been born. That that our travel plans, when we're in that relationship with Jesus Christ, have got us going to a great place for all eternity. We give praise to that. You know, the shepherds, they left praising. The, 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 The wise men, they left praising. I'm sure the wise men just didn't go back to their countryside without telling them, other people, of what, what had been done. I'm sure they shared that. They gave praise. They gave praise, the shepherds praised that the Messiah had been born. The, the, the mighty, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the Messiah has been born on Christmas. And we should get praise for that but yet we allow so much to clutter in our lives as we travel and navigate through the Christmas season that we forget it. So let's unpackage it and unclutter it this morning and start following the light that's gonna give us our direction. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We give you praise for what you're going to do, what you've done here today, Father. We thank you for the the traveling tips today of uh, how we can navigate Christmas, Lord, just like by traveling lightly, Lord. By traveling and by being allowing you to be the light on our path. Father, I just thank you so much for the gift that you've given us this Christmas, that you give us every Christmas, Lord, that you gave us this baby, baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus the Messiah, that would one day go on a cross and die for, for us. Maybe we experience the joy that comes with that this Christmas. Maybe for the very first time. Maybe you've never experienced that. And you, you're just so heavily weighed down with the baggage of life that you, that you can't figure out how to travel or take one more step. You can, you can let it go and lay it down at the foot of a cross that Jesus died on for you and me. You could lay it down by just simply praying this prayer that, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that maybe I'm not living the lifestyle that I should, Lord, but I I ask for forgiveness and I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. And and, and Father, I I give you thanks for that gift because it's a free gift. You see, when you pray that prayer and you accept Jesus Christ, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. God gives it to you freely. All you have to do is accept it. If you prayed that prayer this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just simply ask you to acknowledge if you prayed that, accepted that Christmas gift for the first time this morning, would you just simply do that by putting your hand up and putting it right back down? Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We should be celebrating. We're praising because the Messiah was born and he's delivered other people today. Maybe you're here this morning and you're carrying around all kinds of baggage and it's, or you're carrying around stuff that just is getting in the way of finding hope in Christmas this year. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you and, and I'd like to all open up the, the front of the stage as a place where you can come down and symbolically lay it down and pray to God that he can take all the excess baggage so that you can find hope and direction again this Christmas. But if you'd like for me to pray for you this morning, would, would you just slip up your hand and put it back down? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, well, there's so many of us, we're carrying around so much baggage, it can get in the way of us remembering what Christmas is about. It can, get, it can destroy our travel plans. And it's time to unclutter and travel, get back on the path. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do this morning, what you've done already. Father, we ask, Lord, that through this week, you would just help us to to lay down our baggage, Lord. For those that raised their hands, those that that didn't raise their hands, Lord, that you would just be with them. Would you just bring them peace that transcends all understanding in their time, that they would be able to refocus and unclutter their lives, that we'd all be able to focus back in on what Christmas is all about, and that's hope. That even those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, that Lord, that as we get heavy burdened and and things, Lord, that we can remember that just by uncluttering our lives, we can find hope again in the meaning behind Christmas, in a baby lying in a manger. We thank you for what you're gonna do, Father, this week. We give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand and let us worship together.